What's going on, everybody? I am your host, Eric Mueller, and welcome back to The Eric Mueller Show, the podcast where we explore what makes any successful person's inner clock tick. Now, today, your perspective on investing is going to shift dramatically. My guest, Travis Smith, is the founder and CEO of TribeVest. His company's created a platform that makes it easy to invest as a group and complete deals together with your family and friends in as little as 48 hours. Travis and his brothers realized that if they were going to change their family's financial trajectory, they would need to work together. They wanted to invest as a group, but quickly discovered that it required a complicated path full of lawyers, paperwork, banking regulations, along with hundreds of hours. There had to be a better way. Enter TribeVest. Before becoming a full-time entrepreneur, Travis was a top financial advisor, and along with his wealth management training, he became a thought leader in the fintech industry focused on digital payments. He led the strategic alliance team at a multi-billion dollar fintech company and was in charge of core software for thousands of banks. Through these experiences, he discovered it was exponentially more fun to disrupt the reigning wealth management institutions than to be a part of them. Travis is obsessed with building a platform that standardizes, streamlines, and ultimately decreases the risks of group investing. During his journey blending entrepreneurship with investing in industry disruption, Travis has found that it takes working together to level up our investments and achieve financial freedom. Let's head on over to the interview. All right, so welcome back to The Eric Mueller Show, the podcast where we explore what makes any successful person's inner clock tick. Welcome to the show, Travis Smith. Eric, thanks for having me. Been looking forward to being on the show. Yeah, it's I've been looking forward to this one as well, man, because I think, I think group investing is really like, I mean, that's the topic that I haven't really even thought about yet, to be honest. So really, how does, how does group investing work or what is, what is your company, TribeVest, what makes it so unique? Well, you're not alone. Uh, you know, from an early age, most of us, right? Um, if you grew up in a middle class uh, family, you know, investing as a group or with friends or family isn't, you know, really. In fact, it's it's advised against doing something like that. And you know, what we've done is we've made it really accessible and de-risked it, and really. Um, you know, reverse engineered what's been done for hundreds of years by the wealthy, right? But they're, they come together, they have the resources, they have the attorneys, they have the advisors, and, um, and they group invest all the time. And uh, so now with TribeVest, uh, we give you the ability to build confidence and build wealth with your tribe. And we do that by helping you form an investor group or an investor tribe and making sure you set it up the right way and securely, and uh, then give you a dashboard to collaborate and run what really is a business, to pull your capital, make decisions, make transactions, manage your portfolio together, and again, level up and learn together on this uh, journey that we're on. Um, If you're in that wealth building, uh, if you're interested in leveling up and wealth building and financial independence, you know, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's not a transaction. It's not a destination. And, uh, you know, we give you the ability to do that with people, you know, and trust. Yeah. What a wonderful platform. And I like looking at, you know, your history with, with the company and can read your bio. Those of you listening can read the show notes to, to learn more. 
can go to the website too. But Travis, you realized that you wanted to invest as a group early on. So with, with your brothers, actually, you realized if you wanted to increase your financial trajectory, you need to work as a group. And you ran into the problem that needed solving, which is the entrepreneur piece here for you, was that there's all this like legal paperwork and, and taxes and all this complicated stuff that even with a group of my buddies, we've talked about it. And it's like, well, if we pool our money in a bank account and invest with it, like who, who pays the taxes or how, how do we figure that out? So so your company came in and to solve that problem, what did you, how did you know that that, that was going to be a success or did, or did you not know right from the start? I guess walk us through that, that entrepreneur stage of, of your career. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit on it. The origins really was solving a problem uh, that I had. And uh, it, it wasn't that we wanted to group invest. I mean, I think that always was cool, but the really the motivation or prompt for us was uh, we realized that, um, you know, in our W-2 jobs, and we were fortunate, we had good education, um, you know, good jobs, making a good living. Uh, but we realized that was never going to be enough. Like it didn't, didn't really matter how much money we made. Uh, were we becoming more financially free or independent? And I think of financial independence as not having to have a job or, you know, being dependent on a job. And uh, what we realized was people that were wealthy and did have financial independence, they owned things. They owned real estate. They owned businesses. And I realized that to do that, you need capital. You need capital and you need know-how. You need to know how. And this isn't, these aren't things that you're taught in school, at least not taught in my family. And, uh, and so, you know, really that was the problem I was trying to overcome. And I'm fortunate that I have three amazing brothers uh, that, you know, we're like-minded. We like to do things together. And on a fishing trip, we said, listen, we should figure this out by pulling capital and doing this together, level up together. So that was the problem. Number one was, you know, how do we solve our personal problem of, of trying to level up into, you know, building, building wealth. And then uh, two, we ran into the next problem, which was, it's not easy to form an investor group. And we, we found that out firsthand. And you, you mentioned it. I mean, do I need an attorney? Uh, what about an operating agreement? Opening up a business bank account is, you know, a really difficult thing to do and time consuming, uh, especially with multi-members. You know, how do we operate? What about all the what ifs and then what's? And, um, you know, how do we transact together? How do we keep record of all of it? How do we communicate? So any one of those things on their own, not difficult, right? But, you know, when you start to add them up, it's like, I don't know, guys, this idea of, uh, you know, collaborative investing seems like a lot of work. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about it again later. So, you know, I think what was fortunate for us was we persevered. And, uh, and then later on, people started to notice and they said, wait a minute, I have a, you know, a, a group of friends or, or family that we're, we're aligned and we want to build wealth together. Um, you know, could you help us do that? And that was really when the entrepreneurial thought kicked into mind, like, man, this is super impactful. It changed our lives, right? We, we did it with $500 each a month. That was a stretch for us at a time, but like, uh, between the four of us, that was $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year. One investment led to another, led to another. 
And we did. We changed our trajectory, our family's trajectory, and unlocked the future that none of us could have achieved on our own. So we saw firsthand this power of, of the economies of scale and uh, coming together. Um, and then so when people started to ask us, could we help them form an investor group? Um, we thought, gosh, you know what? There's a big void in the market and a huge opportunity here. And that's when we set out to build the, uh, the platform we wished we had uh, 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. And that was about three years ago, Eric, we really you know, started to, uh, like I left my career job and went full time into uh, TribeVest and building this company and platform. Yeah. Like, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Travis, because yeah, you were, you were a top financial advisor at, at, a, at a major company. I think it, it should just instill in, in the mind of any of you listening that if you are going down that entrepreneurial route, and I'm by no means an expert, but you, you have to take that risk and take that, that chance, so to speak, that you may, you know, you're going to leave that comfort area, that comfort zone, and you're going to push yourself. And, but that may be the only way that you can really achieve your full potential, in this case, financial freedom or, or a greater financial trajectory. Eric, you're spot on. And, you know, for most of us, we work so hard, you know, to get the grades, get a good job, and you just get on this career path. And the idea of leaving it is really, really difficult. Um, and it was for me too. It was maybe a little easier for me because I just had always had this entrepreneurial itch. I think the other thing that I realized kind of a little later in life, I know this is going to sound funny, but I was finally diagnosed with uh, dyslexia. And, you know, throughout my life, I just had the shame of dyslexia and struggled. And, um, and so, um, you know, when it came to kind of my brain preferences and kind of understanding where I was, you know, what were the trade-offs, the disadvantages to the advantages. And, um, and I just saw, uh, you know, home for me being entrepreneurial uh, getting into the grind and, um, and, you know, taking those steps, not knowing exactly where it's going to lead, but being up for the adventure. Yeah, Travis, do you find that you enjoy disruption? Is that, is that a trait that you've noticed in yourself? Cause I feel like some entrepreneurs there, you know, they'd rather disrupt something and, and change the system than, than simply be a part of it. Yeah, it's definitely something that's uh part of me. Uh, I, 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 a great book. Uh, I think it's called The Originals uh, by Adam Grant, I believe. And he talks about, you know, the conformist uh, versus the non-conformist. And uh, it's a really interesting book. It goes into kind of, you know, why we might be uh, on the conformist side or not be, and how you can change those things depending on what, what you want to do. But for me, um, I've definitely been... Uh, you know, I probably a little bit because of my dyslexia, like how do I beat the system that I'm in? Mm -hmm. Right. And so growing up, you know, everything was built for somebody that had a very certain mindset and, and uh, brain preference. Well, mine didn't work like that. So I was always trying to figure out how to um, be successful and, um, and not just successful, but, you know, above achieve, like overachieve compared to my peers in a much different way. So yeah, absolutely. You know, you think about, you know, how do you make a big impact in this world? And um, I'm always thinking about scale. 
right. scale. And, and, and so when you can really disrupt the way things are being done today, you have this impact, you know, opportunity to impact, not just uh, some people or hundreds of people or thousands of people, but we're out there to, you know, change the lives for the better millions of people really put a dent in the universe. And I think you only do that by disrupting the way things have been done in the past or, or traditional establishments. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it got me thinking that, you know, the, the relationship between success and that scalability piece, you know, more so as an entrepreneur, it's certainly you can see that connection. But in your in your own life, what do you define success to be? Is, is it really that just that profound effect on, on millions of people or p- potentially, you know, f- generations of people just down the line because that ripple effect of what you're doing? What, what is your definition of success, Travis? Yeah. I mean, I think what you just said is a dream of mine. I think it's, you know, very motivating and I'm fortunate to somehow be in a position to actually achieve that of, you know, impacting millions and and changing, um, you know, generations of, you know, how people are building wealth and, and really cutting into the wealth gap through collaborative investing. I don't think, you know, I, you know, as I started off on this mission, I don't think, I just don't think that, you know, I'm a little bit more humble, I guess, that that's not where this started. So what I think what does make me successful and what I think success looks like is um, one happiness, right? And for me, like there was just this um, rub or, you know, I just wasn't happy. I was, I was, um, you know, just missing on, you know, where I should be. Like I, it was, it was hard to explain, but I was a little restless. It didn't feel like something didn't feel right in my life. And so I was always searching. And so that was a little bit of happiness. Like where is happiness for me? And for me, it became building, creating, like I needed to be innovating. I needed to be creating. I needed to be uh, on a path, on a journey, on an adventure, and so to me, uh, that's success. The other, the other thing that I think successful people do is they're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to fail. And, and in fact, you know, we're building a culture here at, at TriVest where it's expected. Like, we're, like we're, we err on the side of, of doing and innovating and in fact, in our weekly standup, and we go around the whole company, we talk about like each person talks about what they're doing uh, with the company to kind of inform everybody. And then the next thing we ask them is, what's your fail? What's your fail? What, where did you run into a wall? Where did you fall down this week? And of course, you know, pain plus reflection equals growth. And that's the exercise. It's where did we grow? It's not just focusing on the failure, but you know how did we learn from that? And then the third thing we 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 finish on is what's your gratitude? And I think that's also another huge key to success of successful people is the laws of attraction that come with gratitude. So you know, make sure you're counting your blessings and. And, um, and I've, I've made it a practice. You were joking about me being up at four 30, but every yeah. morning at four 30, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm counting and actually documenting my three gratitudes from the, uh, the day before. And by I've, what I've learned is by kind of concentrating on how I'm grateful for whatever it was, 
whether it was a handshake or, you know, a nice gesture or a big win or, you know, the sun hitting my face, whatever it is. Um, I find that more of those things that I'm grateful for keep coming to me in abundance. So that's another thing. I think counting your gratitudes is so key for success. I love that. I, I think I know I need to do that more as far as a, a habitual, like writing them down or saying them, you know, getting in a routine of that. Because I've heard other people say that same thing, and it really does, you know, probably make you reflect internally a little bit and think, you know, I've got it pretty good. Or, hey, here's some issues that, you know, I need to work on. And you kind of reflect on that. And that's like you said it perfectly that you can equal that growth and you can become a better version of yourself. And Travis, really, like, kind of the core reason for this podcast is to find out what keeps successful people driven like yourself. And so you, you gave a wonderful definition of success, but if you were to pinpoint it down to like a singular driving force for why you want to impact this many people or why you want to continue to push the envelope with your company, TribeVest, or why you want to make sure that people are okay with, with failure being a part of their growth. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the same reason we feel so strongly about our, you know, our passion about getting tribe vesting and collaborative investing out to the world is it really hits on all the human needs, right? And we, you know, there's kind of Maslow's uh, ranking of need of human needs. And of course there's the basic needs, the food and water and um, you know, rest and those things. And then you start to get into you know, security, yearning for security and safety. Um, and then you start to get into the, the feeling of belonging, right? In, in relationships with friends. And then you get into this, you know, actually, you know, always wanting to keep growing, like this need and yearning for continuing to evolve and, and grow. And I think, you know, uh, that's, motivates me, you know, and, and, and to kind of flip this, you can hear, I have a ton of optimism, but there is this fear that also motivates me, this survival, right. A survival of, you know, I, I want to find security and safety. And what's that mean for me? Well, it used to be kind of being able to pay the bills. And now it's now that I have children, it's, you know, how can I make sure that I'm providing for them? And then as we continue to grow and see this opportunity to build wealth, it's how do I, how, how can I provide safety in a future for next generations, right? So it's, I think it's this, you know, leveling of, you know, first, I just want to survive, you know, by myself, then it's like my current family, and then it's even like the next generation, so that's, and I think everybody, has, it's personal in terms of what motivates you, but that's very much what motivates me uh, is, you know, wanting to leave behind, you know, something, a legacy, a legacy. Yeah, that, that was the word that was coming to my mind too, is legacy. And, and I really, I mean, like a lot of you listening probably feel the same way that I, I have a high drive to obtain that financial independence and freedom as well. And so... I think it'd be great if we could maybe go down a hypothetical scenario and take, you know, a guy named Matt and walk him through how tribe vests can help him do that. You know, let's say maybe Matt doesn't know how to pick his tribe or maybe Matt doesn't have many friends. And, you know, that's unfortunate. But but where where would Matt start, Travis, if he wants to start with your company? You go to the website and take us from there. Right. And, and you know, Matt is 
you know, likely uh, educated, has a good job, uh, you know, a good W-2 income, uh, but doesn't feel that finding that independence, right? He, uh, he is looking for and yearning ways to become less dependent on a single employer. And, um, and so he's out there trying to level up, like he's looking at crypto, he's looking at real estate, he's, you know, he's probably already investing in the stock market, maybe the 401k. But again, feeling like that might not ever be enough for him to have true independence. And so he's looking at these new asset classes. And the problem with those asset classes is they're not they're not as easy to transact as a stock or a mutual fund. And, um, you know, and so there's a little bit of this self-education that needs to go on and a little bit of a willingness to take a, a leap. Think about it. The first time you do anything, it's an experiment, right? Like no matter how much education you give yourself and how many people do you talk to and how much homework you've done, if you're doing something for the first time, it's a little bit of an experiment. And then to top it all off, to get into some of those asset classes like real estate and other things to have true ownership, um, it takes capital. So you're not just writing, you know, a couple hundred dollar, you know, check or, you know, out for a couple thousand, you might be out for 10,000, 25,000, 50,000. You're like, that's like, more than half of my income, right? Like that, like all of a sudden it seems not accessible to go into these asset classes that quite frankly, the wealthy invest in, right? They, they invest in those. And so how do you get into them? And you, in Matt comes across TriBest because he's listening to Eric's uh, podcast. And, um, and now he, it occurs to him that now some of these asset classes that he thought were un, unobtainable, maybe with his tribe are obtainable. And he could come in, uh, build a plan. So what's your mission? What's your goals? What are you going to invest in? How many members might you invest? And then you can forward that plan for free to potential partners, potential um, members of your tribe. You start to socialize it. And then all of a sudden, a couple of your buddies are like, yeah, like, let's do this. Like, let's go in, let's, let's go and learn together. And then, um, and then he, he could buy a tribe for $29 a month and, um, you know, file the LLC, which is all on, on the platform within minutes of filing your LLC or getting back the paperwork from the secretary of state. We've opened up a FDIC insured business bank account. All your members have joined. They're putting in their capital contributions to pull together capital. The, the product and platform is tracking everybody's contributions. You've set it up the right way. You have an operating agreement to govern how you do things and how you handle different situations. And, and you have a platform and dashboard to propose and vote, collaborate, make decisions, and then ultimately make a decision and say, hey, I want we like we can do this. We can go in $20,000 or $25,000 together collectively between the 10 of us. And uh, let's do it and, and actually do that transaction, manage that investment, and then keep doing it, do it again and again and again. 
So yeah, that's how Matt goes from, you know, recognizing that he should be investing in true wealth building and, and true equity opportunities to actually doing it through tribe vesting, you know, build confidence and wealth with your tribe. You know, I think that that kind of sums it up. You get to build confidence and wealth together. Yeah. And you have that support. I th- the support of a group is like so essential with starting something new. Like you had mentioned, it's, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be, it's going to be a new experience. So if you have other people to share that with you, you can help support each other, keep each other accountable. So I, th- I, I love this model. I think this is, I'm excited to get to become a part of this, honestly. But so let, let's take it just a bit further. So with the investments, let's say we still have our hypothetical gentleman, Matt, and he's investing in 401k. He has some stocks in crypto. He's kind of, he's playing the single player game a little bit, you know, maybe even looking into options, but how much should he allocate towards his, his tribe, Travis? I mean, should he be trying to, is there a certain like percentage amount of his total investments that, that you would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we think um, you should be putting over at least 15% of your investable um, assets or capital with your tribe. And the reason is, is because of what it represents, right? You should be uh, getting into new asset classes. You should be investing into um, diversifying across those asset classes. Maybe things that are a little bit more risky that you wouldn't do on your own, but because you've spread the risk, you can do it together. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you kind of want to look at it like a traditional financial advisor might advise, you know, like, hey, you should have, you know, 10% of your investments here and 20% of your investments here. You know, we think 15, 20% of your investable dollars should be going in with your tribe, again, because of what they represent. Yeah. And I, I love what you just said there, investable dollars. So that is another important piece that really anything you put out there, you should at least have some expectation that it might go down in value. You know, so you shouldn't be necessarily, and I, I'm a big fan of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. He's a big proponent of, hey, pay yourself first and bills later. But at some point, someone's going to have to pay those bills. And, and you need to make sure that you're not wholeheartedly risking everything you have in an investment. Yeah. But if, if someone is is getting into this and and they start a tribe, they're they're having, you know, some discussions of what to invest in. Have you seen with the groups you've worked with like some some key pitfalls to avoid? Is there anything that you would advise people to to be weary of when they're starting off with this? Yeah, great great question. You know, just follow up on something you just said earlier. But you know, I think again, what does investing with your tribe represent? It really it's that support and group think. Um, that really helps you make good decisions too, right? So if you are getting into something, think about it. If you're with five, six of your buddies and you're all saying this is a good deal and you've all looked at it from six different angles, it's probably a good deal. So, you know, we do think that there, again, it de-risks, you know, some of how you come to these different investments. Uh, But when it comes to, you know, pitfalls to avoid, you know, absolutely. You know, we always say there's truth in everything. So we've all been told from, from a young age to not do business with friends and family. Exactly. Yeah. Never mind the fact that if you ask the wealthy, uh, you know, they would tell you to do business with people, you know, like, and trust. Right. And that's what they do. So what's the difference? Well, they're both right. Um, a little bit, 
But where most of us come from, more from a place of scarcity, it's, um, you know, don't do business with friends and family is um, because of, you know, your, your relationship is more important than any deal, right? And we believe that, like, that's so true. Like, and that's our reason for existing. Um, so anyway, I think, you know, what TriBest helps you do is make sure you're de-risking, you know, doing group investing. And we actually step you through this process of aligning with your members. So how, how do you make sure that you have the right partners that you're going to do? Well, you build a plan. Everybody looks at it, agrees on it. There's, uh, we make it really easy to bow out with dignity, right? So you don't feel pressure to join the tribe. You saw it and you can say, cool, well, get me on the next one, right? I'm not in on this one. And it's just a great way to kind of make sure that people that are coming along are ready and those that aren't, aren't. Um, so that's one. And then, um, you know, two, you know, make sure you have the right partners, people, you know, like, and trust are in similar financial situation and can afford to do it. And then, uh, the other pitfall is, you know, people going forward without getting things in writing, right? Like how do we govern this? What happens with the what ifs? And it's a real simple document, but it always comes down to like, well, what if someone needs to leave, you know? And if you don't have that written down, those decisions in the moment become uh, emotional, right? But the nice thing is when you have it written down in an operating agreement and your, and your governance is clear, it's like, well, what happens when Joe wants to leave? It's like, oh, let's just look at the document. Oh, cool. This is how we handle it. Let's go, right? So right. That's, that's a definite uh pitfall is, you know, people moving forward, not setting it up the right way with the right people. Again, try best uh, really helps with that piece. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a great solution all the way around Travis, I think, because that group aspect, especially if you're dealing with, with your family or friends or people that you already have a trusted relationship with some of those things, I mean, it could be, you don't want to muddy the waters with your relationship. Um, but you know that you need a group to work together and you also don't, at least I wouldn't want to invest a lot of money with someone I totally don't know. You know, you'd be wondering if this is too good to be true or whatever. But yeah, I, th I think it's I think it's a great service. I do have just kind of another thought, just investing as a whole for you. And we can feel free to to answer this in any way you choose. But where do, where do you see investing going from here? So we're we're I at least in the last couple of years, I think COVID maybe accelerated it a little bit. But we've seen, you know, like an explosion, I feel like, with the gamification of, of stocks and like your traditional, you know, employees, let's say, let's take Matt again. He's he's investing in a 401k and he's playing the stocks on his own on the side, so to speak. But, you know, he's really not he's really not a, an expert or he doesn't have any advisor, you know, holding his hand or any broker he's going with. He's he's totally just managing it himself. And I feel like we're going to see more and more of that where people take you know, ownership of their own investments and finances and try to achieve that financial freedom. But where do you just see investing going? Are we going to continue to see more of that? Or is it going to shift more to, to group like, like Tribevest type type companies? Or what are your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing just how accessible all types of investing are. I mean, I think in 2021, there was 30 million new brokerage accounts opened up. I mean, that's incredible. And that's like for 
companies like Robinhood that have gamified make it really easy and accessible. Um, but um, and you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see more of that. You're also going to see platforms that uh, help you invest in what is people call or alts or alternative investments. And I kind of laugh that they're called alternative investments because like to me, they really are the investments. That's real estate, uh, different types of real estate. Um, and uh, so you're going to see those become a lot more accessible. Um, I, but I, here's, here's the thing. I think people um, want to, or will realize that to to build real independence, it's not about how much money you make, um, and playing the stock market that goes up and down uh, has diminishing returns, and um, and so people are going to start f- trying to figure out how to build new ways of 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 cash flow, of income, right? And you're a Robert Kawasaki, rich dad, poor dad guy too. But that's when people really take the next step, right? People really take the next step when they're taking ownership in something and they have cash flow. And those things are hard to do. And that's why, you know, we think tribe vesting is is going to be commonplace. You know, it's not going to be, you know, if everybody has a tribe, it's going to be how many tribes are you going to have? And, um, you know, I think, and there's this also this sense of belonging together, right? Um, you know, it's important that you're smart about your finances and always trying to put yourself in a good position, uh, increasing your financial well-being. And then there's another part that we all yearn for as humans. And that's, you know, this coming together, like building a relationship, experiencing and so what's cooler than building wealth? And therefore, shouldn't you be doing what's the coolest thing you can do uh, with the people you care about most? And so, uh, yeah, we see, we see collaborative investing just becoming very social. And, um, and again, um, you know, the way of the future. That's how, how people invest through multiple tribes. Yeah, and then tribe vesting, you know, that, to make that a term that's synonymous with investing of itself, that'd be awesome for your company. If that's, you know, kind of like Kleenex or so to speak, someone goes to grab a tissue and they, they just call it a Kleenex. So if you go to invest with a group, you just call it tribe vesting. That's, that's perfect. It's wonderfully branded. For sure. Right. Well, Travis, I I got one more for you. So one, one more thought that came to my head here and it's really, it's more on the entrepreneurship side of things. So as a, as a founder of a startup, you know, you've had a lot of experiences that, that those of us who are dipping their toes in entrepreneurship on the podcast here have not experienced yet. So what, what would you say, if you can think of one, what is a myth that people have about entrepreneurship that, that you want to debunk for us? Something that you found to just not be true and you want to make sure that the audience has a clear message in their mind of, hey, don't, don't believe it if someone says this to you. Yeah, I think the trap any entrepreneur falls into is... Uh, their struggle is unique. And that um, 99% of entrepreneurs out there um, go through a a really difficult uh, struggle 
and have a million reasons to quit. Um, and the fact that they've persevered is what makes them successful. And, um, and so, you know, when you read the news and the headlines of, you know, this founder raised $20 million and it feels like overnight, it's not, it's not, that's a really rare story. And so when you're in the fight, when you're in the struggle, um, you know, you're not alone. Like it's, it's, it's the journey and you got to count on it. And, um, and so I think that's the myth. The myth is that you're really smart. You've got a really good idea and therefore it should be easy. And, um, it just isn't true at all. You gotta, you gotta recognize that it's going to be a struggle and, uh, you're going to really question if you can do it, but that's when you, that's when you double down and keep going. Love it. Travis, I love that, man. I think that persistence piece too, that's came up from other, you know, entrepreneurs I've talked with as well. And it seems to be a common theme that you just got to persist through that hardship and, and know that if you believe in what you're doing and you have, you know, you have that solution to a problem that people need, you're going to be able to achieve success if you push at it long enough. So really can't thank you enough for joining the podcast here today. If anybody wants to reach out to you, is there a best way to communicate with you? Use social media or go to the website or? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn or uh, Twitter at uh, Tribe Trav. And then of course, yeah, come to tribevest.com and uh, you can reach out to me via the contact um, form. And if you mentioned you heard me on Eric's uh, message here, I'd love to um, you know, answer any questions that you might have. Really happy to, to, uh, to connect. That's phenomenal. Well, Travis Smith, thank you so much. Travis Smith, CEO and founder at TribeVest. We'll look forward to, to following your company in the future. And, and once we get on there and start group investing, we'll be excited to, to share the wins with you. I can't wait, Eric. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, man. Have a good day.